Hello, everybody. This is Burke Reviews Movie Club, episode number three. This is Jonathan Burke with um, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. Hey, guys. Uh, this week's episode, we're going to be focusing around um, Last Days in the Desert, uh, which we'll get into in a little bit, but we're going to start um, first uh, thanking everyone who's listened so far. Um, we've got two episodes in, and we're looking to continue this. Um, at the end of the episode, we'll tell you what we're watching next week so that you can watch al- along with us throughout the week. Send us emails or tweets and um, tell us what you thought of the movie that we picked for next week's uh, discussion and maybe get them read on the podcast. We have none for this week, but we're going to keep saying that until maybe we get our first or many um, in the future. I do know we, we're getting some listeners. Uh, thank you for joining us. We hope to expand the movie club a little further. Um, so one of the segments that we're going to be doing, uh, one, I apologize if I sound any different. I am recovering from a cold and then I'm suffering from a toothache for the last two days and have not slept a solid, uh, more than an hour. Um, and like I sleep an hour, I'm up for 10 minutes. I sleep an hour, I'm up for 20 minutes, that kind of thing for the last two nights. So I am a little out of sorts. Please tell me you're going to the dentist soon. Yeah, about the dentist. I am terrified of the dentist um, and have lived most of my life with not going to the dentist. Uh, I have insurance. And I don't, like, my mom was a bartender, so we didn't have insurance growing up. It was not a routine situation. If we had a pain, uh, it was, you know, over-the-counter meds, and that was the gist of it. Um, so I tried to go a couple years ago, but it, it, it didn't stick. Um just taking the x-rays, you know, like when you get the x-rays done, and then mm-hmm. they, they do the back teeth, you have to bite down on that thing. Like, the bite wings. Yeah. I almost threw up on the lady. Um, oh, my God. I can't, I can't put stuff back there. Uh, I have, apparently, it's a good thing I'm not gay, um, or <laughs> I would not be very effective um, in that world, because I, can't. <laughs> I apparently have a very sensitive gag reflex. Um, so, I, I plan to... Uh, go like i do because i have i have some severe teeth problems at this point in my life um i just i don't know for sure when i've this is not my first my first toothache by any means um this is the worst toothache so i'm not exactly sure what's causing it um at least it's the worst one that i can remember but uh yeah so if, if i'm off a little bit tonight i apologize um hopefully you know we will uh pick it back up um I, I we're going to talk a little bit about what we've seen aside from last days in the desert. We're going to look at what's coming out next Friday um, and discuss some trailers that we've watched and some controversy among one of the films. And then we'll get into our review of last days in the desert. So Corey, have you watched anything other than last days in the desert since uh, last we spoke? I don't think so. Um, the last movie I saw besides this one was, um, silence but we already talked about that i don't i'm gonna my life my free time is dwindling (laughs) i feel like two maybe three movies maybe if i'm lucky is gonna be all i'm gonna get each week now but um yeah so that's that's it well the sad the big question that has to follow did you watch any tv then none okay okay well then i'll forgive you um because if you're sacrificing movie watching for tv I know a lot of people are going that route. TV is is pretty awesome right now. It is uh, competing easily with film in terms of art. I just I like the compact nature of film that I can watch it and walk away. 
Um, I can appreciate that, but I do like the development of characters over time as well as far yep. as television goes. But then there's that most TV shows outlive their quality. Oh, yeah. You don't need, like, ten yeah. seasons of any show. And I think that that's another thing that I get tired of is, like, well, if they ended when the arc ended, like, Supernatural is, is an example that I go to. Because my wife and I got into Supernatural a while back. First five seasons, pre-planned. That was how it was supposed to go. And then it, now I think season 12 just started. Oh, um, gross. Yeah, it's way too many seasons at that point. And it's, you know... Let's let's let the characters go, guys. They're great actors. We like them, but let's let them let them finish. You know, we got to have some type of closure at some point. But, um, anyways, I watched I watched a bunch this week. Um, I watched The Girl on the Train. Um, which is one that uh I know we were uh looking forward to talking about after watching Gone Girl because there's definitely been a lot of comparisons to Gone Girl from, um, that film. Yes. And. I, uh, my review is up on BurkeReviews.com, but, um, I, I, I didn't hate it. Like, I heard some pretty harsh reviews, actually, kind of recently, um, about The Girl on the Train. I didn't hate it. Um, I didn't love it. I thought Emily Blunt was fantastic. Um, she is. Yeah, and I, I felt like the, the big twist, which we won't spoil this, but, because it's not the review for the week, but, um, I thought the big twist felt unearned. Like, they kind of they they don't lead you one way. They straight up lie to you one way, and then later they're like, "Oh no, everything you heard earlier was just complete fake nonsense." Um, and I I'm just like, "Well, that's not really a twist. Then that's just like there was no way for me to know." In theory, because you you outright gave me false information. It wasn't like false leads. Like it's not a red herring. It's not misleading me. It's straight up just false, and that felt a little. A little like okay fine sure you got me but not because you ma- wrote some amazing story you just completely changed the whole story you've been developing at some point i don't know if you know what i'm saying what i'm referring to without me saying it but i know exactly what you're referring to i don't think i'll ever need to watch it again mm. but on initial viewing i really enjoyed it um and i don't like everybody is making all these comparisons to Gone Girl, but I don't really why because they're both. I don't. Mm. I don't even know where they're drawing those comparisons. Well, to be honest, it's tonally for one because both movies look at humanity as um, a bunch of awful people just doing whatever to get by. Because nobody mm-hmm. in Gone Girl that we get to know is really a good person, and that definitely holds up with uh, the girl on the train. Um, you know, Emily Blunt maybe is empathetic more than anybody in Gone Girl because her alcoholism is brought on by others' actions to a degree. I mean, at some point, I guess we want people to take ownership of their own choices. Um, just because something bad happened to her doesn't mean she has to drink herself to death. Mm-hmm. But it's more, you're also going to be a little more empathetic and be like, well, that was pretty messed up, you know, so that's why she did it or whatever, but... I feel like I feel like those situations, some of the things that happen might have drove me to alcoholism. Sometimes I have a hard time writing papers for classes, and mm-hmm. I want to. I'm like, I know why all the authors, all the famous authors, were alcoholics. I just get it. Yeah, and and so, again, that's the empathy. Like that's why I'm mm-hmm. saying, like, I feel more like sadness for her than I do the other characters in this movie or in Gone Girl. But still, collectively, none of them are like great people. They all do something wrong. And it's it's got a very noir kind of uh, cynical look at humanity and love and relationships, um, and then at the same time, like the uh, 
some of the the actions that the characters jump to also don't feel like it's in their character like we we will i'm going to spoil gone girl so if you haven't listened to our gone girl episode or you haven't seen the movie you might want to skip ahead just a little bit because we've already talked about the ending but um like the woman in gone girl uh her killing people she's built up to that like there's no surprise when she goes to to murder um yeah. the, the killings that take place in uh the girl on the train don't feel like they they feel like they jump to like extreme like really kind of out of character from what we see from the people like not that they're good people but nothing that would justify killing like killing is not something you just do like oh well why not you know and so that that also i think kind of maybe left people with a, a bad taste like it just jumped out of logic to this extreme and again, that's depicted in other movies, but I think that's sometimes where we get that feeling. But um, moving on, because we're not we're not talking about the girl on the train any more than what I just did. But um, I watched a couple other movies this week. What did I watch? Um, well, I, I already saw Split, which I won't go into any detail, but I liked it. If you're an M Night Shyamalan fan, you're a little worried. You're on the fence about Split. I say give it a chance. Um, of course, when I say M Night Shyamalan fan, I do refer to his old movies. If you're a fan of his new movies. Um, reevaluate your taste and try your again. Life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, especially if After Earth is in your top five, something's wrong. Um, but I, I did like Split. And I also, man, what I watched some, at least two other movies this week. I watched The Last, um, last Days in the Desert on Monday. Well, I don't know, but it's on Burke Reviews. Uh, apparently, it, it, oh, nope. I had it for a second. The Birth of a Nation? I did. The Birth of a Nation. A very controversial film from last year, um, mainly because director, writer, and star uh, Nate Parker um, was accused of rape when he was in college in 1999, and uh, the, all the charges were dropped, which, of course, um, if you've seen the movie, the documentary The Hunting Ground, um, a lot of charges get dropped for athletes in, that maybe shouldn't be dropped, um, so it's it's hard to say he's innocent, um, but again, he was never uh, prosecuted, and we do have, of course... Uh, NFL quarterbacks who were accused of rape and are again NFL quarterbacks. So, um, and un- unprosecuted. So, it's not <laughs> uncommon. But Nate Parker's, um, he was asked about it and his reaction to it uh, during the promotion for the movie was very negative. And then Oprah tried to give him a chance, trying to help this young black director who's about to make a huge name for himself because earlier in this year, last exactly one year ago at Sundance, Birth of a Nation uh, premiered. And was already getting Oscar buzz, like it was going to win Best Picture this year. Um, and now it's not even in the running because of the allegations that were, not even the allegations, the story, and then his reaction to the questions about the story and his refusal to discuss it basically made the movie get dropped. Um, it, it opened in theaters to a very limited release and very little uh, fanfare. Um, but it's really good. It's, it's a really good movie. I don't know that it's perfect or anything, but it's, it's a story worth hearing. Uh, it's well acted, um, and it's uh, it's a low budget film, but it doesn't look like it. They managed to make a lot of things work, um, especially some of their big war scenes. Uh, you have a great villain in um, the actor that plays Rorschach in uh, Watchmen. Oh. I can't think of his name right now. He was also Freddy Krueger in the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot that we don't usually talk about. Um, oh no! But he's really great as the villain. Well, one of many villains. Um, and Arnie ha- Army Hammer is uh, plays the slave owner of Nate Parker's character, Nat Turner. Um, and it's really well acted, and it's definitely worth the rental. 
again, you do have that question of um, if the artist is despicable, do you want to support their art? And it's a debate that's worth having. Um, but it is a film worth seeing, and that's kind of the, the catch-22. And, of course, we don't know what really happened with uh, Nate Parker. He may have raped the girl. He may not have raped the girl. Um, his refusal to discuss it does seem to imply guilt, but not necessarily. Um, you know, it's hard. It's it's a debatable thing, and it's definitely a film that could have been maybe better received um, had that not happened. But that's what I've watched this week. Um, been fairly busy. Um but let's get into what's coming next week. Corey, there are three big movies coming out next week. Um, big being very subjective, but as far as they're all getting wide releases. Um, Resident Evil, the final chapter. Hallelujah, hallelujah that it's going to be over, guys. Have you seen any of these movies? Uh, the trailer? Hold on, what? Well, any I, of the Resident the, yeah, Evil any, franchise? Yeah, 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 exactly. I know that I... What was the last one about? Because oh, I don't remember. <laughs> I know, right? It's all kind of just blurring together. Well, I know that I've seen the first four. Okay. That makes me so sad to say in mm. theaters. Oh wow. Um, um I, I don't know about the fifth. I can't remember. I am a hardcore old school Resident Evil player. Like that was one of the first games that I ever owned for the PlayStation. Um, I loved it. I hated it because it was so hard. Loved it. Um, I have a group of friends who are all into the survival horror games. Um, and, if, um, I assume we're all going to go see this one in the theater, even though I don't think any of us really like them, but it's, it's kind of this I thing. The first, one. the first one was, was pretty good. I don't know how, I don't think it holds up as well as like that initial m memory, but I also like the second one. The second one was a little more fun, a little more action movie. Um, is that the one? <sighs> There's one, I think that it takes place in Las Vegas, or that's extinction I, is that the that's second the, one? the third one um apocalypse oh. is the second one um and that one's inside the city i think still um outside of where the hotel is and then the third one's where they start to build the universe out um and it's outside of raccoon city um they're all they're all bad let's not let's not beat around the bush they're fun they're zombie movies i'm a fan of zombie films i almost have no I'd like to say I have no filter, but I definitely, uh, I, I don't watch a lot of zombie movies, but I do love zombie movies. Um, the ones that I do watch, I generally am a big fan of. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's time to end it and I'm glad yes. they're ending it. Um, I am going to watch it. I, <laughs> I, Bill and I were just talking about that. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, I just don't know. But then I feel like I'm so invested that I've seen so many of them in the, in the theaters that I just need to finish it. Yeah, just not gonna, like I missed the last two actually. I think I saw half of the second, the second to last, and I didn't see the last one at all. Um, it was on sale at Fye, and I almost bought it. And I was like, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna put the time in to watch this before the the final one. And I don't really think it matters. Like, I get the gist. Things have happened. You hate people. You're gonna go kill everybody. Fine. Good enough. Let's see how it goes. Um, it'll be some silly action and hopefully entertaining enough that I'm happy when I walk out. Uh, not thinking it's great, but you know. It's like eating at McDonald's. It's like, hey, it tasted okay. I'm full. It was cheap. Let's move on. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's not, nothing to write home about. Um, I may not even review it. That's how much I'm like, just gonna go see it and just no move expectations. On. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, uh, a movie that I'm kind of intrigued. By, oh, well, we both watched the trailer for Resident Evil: uh, The Final Chapter, which I'd seen before. You seen before? I felt like I did see one 
in theaters, but I can't remember, um, you know. Her spinning the- around, hanging upside down, shooting, I think, humans? Um, I don't think there's zombies she's shooting. Have you seen, you know, the part I'm talking about? Um, I watched, the one that I watched um, recently, as in tonight, right before the podcast, mm-hmm. was the second one. I didn't have time to look oh, into yeah. any other ones. I only watched this. I, I watched what it says the original trailer. Oh. I think. I don't know. It might have been the international trailer. I don't remember. But it doesn't matter. It, it looks okay. It looks fine. You know? It looks like a Resident Evil movie. Um, the husband is... Uh, I don't know their names. Uh, I can't say Mila Djokovic's name correctly. I don't know if that's right. Um, I'm say Djokovic. Oh, there you I'm go. probably wrong. Um, her, her husband is the director. Uh, this is their seventh or sixth Resident Evil film. Um, so it's it's time. It's time to move on. And let's move on with our other ones, because the trailer that I'd rather talk about was Gold. You see, uh, you watched the trailer for Gold also, right, Corey? Yes. And what are your thoughts? I'm probably going to go see it. You said that one is getting a wide release? It's supposed to come to our mall, and so that says Uh-oh. they're getting a wide release, because if our mall is getting it, it's it's fairly wide. But sometimes you guys get some movies that I'm kind of impressed by. Yep. Um. So that one, if it is wide release, if it does come here and I can see it at my regular theater, I'll definitely check it out. I do like Matthew McConaughey. And yep, it's Matthew it McConaughey, looks- um, Edgar Ramirez, who was in Joy and the girl on the train. He's the therapist on Girl on the Train. Um, oh. And Bryce Dallas Howard, Ron Howard's daughter. And I like uh, high heel running away from dinosaur from Jurassic World. I saw Corey Stoll in the trailer, who I'm a fan of from um, House of Cards. Uh, he's one of the, um, he's in the first two or three seasons of House of Cards, and... Oh, is he the guy who's, like, the alcoholic? Yes. That okay, is him. perfect. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of him. Um, oh, Macon Blair's listed in this movie. <gasps> Sold. Right. Wait, is this his movie? No. Because Macon Blair has a, uh, film premiere, uh, premiering at Sundance this week, um, that he yeah. directed, uh, so... Going to be on the lookout for that, as I am definitely a big fan of Macon Blair. If you're not familiar with Macon Blair, he's the star of Blue Ruin and uh, one of the stars of Green Room, uh, both Jeremy Salonay's, um films uh, and also Murder Party, um, which yeah. is Salonay's, uh first film. And he is uh, has his directorial debut coming out. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Very long title, but hopefully it's getting good reviews at Sundance because Sundance is, I think, happening right now. Um, yeah, we next year, guys. We hope we hope next year that uh, Burke Reviews will be there to um, be on the cutting edge of all these uh, Sundance films instead of just talking about what we've heard. So, um, but Gold, if you haven't seen the trailer, we recommend checking out. It's not got the best critic rating right now. It's sitting at a fifty-one, um, so it's got a few seventies, but then it drops down to a thirty-three. Uh, but it's all it's only been film festivals so far, so a lot of these are not big name reviews. Uh, Variety gave it a seventy. Um, Hollywood Reporter is 60, AV Club is 60, uh, 58. So, you know, and then IndieWire drops to 42. So there's, it's getting mixed reviews, but it's McConaughey. If you're a fan of his, um, he, he looks very method in this movie. He's got, uh, no hair, kind of looking chubby, um, looking not, not the sexy Matthew McConaughey that we've seen in other films. So, um, I I don't know. I'm intrigued. All right. All right. But the, the the one that's making all the news right now that comes out next week, unless something changes, is uh, a dog's purpose. Corey would not rewatch this trailer because it made you sad. Yes. Um. So I've been 
being a very horrible person. And I do like to get to the theater on time so I can see the trailers. That's part of my movie going experience. Mm -hmm. And the past few times I've gone to the movies, I haven't been able to do that. I'm like getting in right as the movie starts and that stresses me out. Um, but I definitely have seen it before. I can't even remember what movie, but I'm like, come on. I'm pretty sure I like teared up. Yeah. Well, it, it's a movie that's made to make people cry. There's no question about that. It is literally a, a you're going to see a dog die at least five times. Multiple I think from the trailer, times. if not more that he's now, it's always the same dog, or at least it doesn't look like the same dog, but you get to hear the dog's thoughts and it's the same dog and he's being reincarnated and all these different dogs and how his journey is uh, shaped around one particular boy, his first boy. Um, they don't seem to explain why he just suddenly comes into existence, but there you go. Um, and so right away, it's going to be happy at times because you're going to see dog and person connecting in multiple situations, but always with the dog eventually dying. Um, now, I, I'm not going to see it. I don't think I can put myself through that kind of torture. It also feels a little cheesy a lot of the dialogue because it's like they try to make it feel very sincere and then he's like you know what is my role and where does bacon fit in it's like okay that's too cute like don't don't wh what approach are we doing here are we doing comedy or are we doing like serious drama like you know existential type film of a dog's perspective which is kind of weird anyways but you know i'm sure it's sweet and sad but no thank you but now there's controversy um, TMZ posted this week a video of them filming one of the sequences in the film which involves a German shepherd and he's supposed to jump into a uh, very rushing river and rescue a person who's drowning. Um, I believe that dog is a police officer according to the trailer that I've seen. Um, and the film that leaked on TMZ is them, uh, it's a closed set first of all, it's not a real river and I do think that's worth noting. Um, but the dog does not want to go into the water. And the treatment of the dog has stirred a lot of people up. Um, they have officially canceled the Hollywood premiere of A Dog's Purpose as a result of the treatment of the animal. Um, and I have the article from the Los Angeles Times. A Dog's Purpose premiere canceled amid video controversy. Um, the premiere of A Dog's Purpose plan for this weekend has been canceled amid controversy over a video that appears to show a German Shepherd struggling against a trainer during filming of the movie. Um, citing its ongoing review, Amblin Entertainment said it's in a joint statement Thursday that distributor Universal Pictures has uh, nixed the premiere as well as a press junket because both companies did not want anything to overshadow this film that celebrates the relationship between animals and humans. Yeah, it, it sounds like they're trying to uh, do a PR turnaround and hope that people forget or don't watch the TMZ thing, but it's it went viral, of course. And um, there's a petition online as well to get them to um, to encourage people to boycott the film unless the film will not take profit uh, and give back to animal shelters or something along those lines um, to show that they're apologetic for the treatment of the German Shepherd. So a um, movie that was already kind of not looking great to me now is uh, getting lots of controversial buzz. Um, what are your thoughts, Corey? <laughs> I I have a few I have a few thoughts actually. Um I'm wondering who released that video and how much trouble they're going to get into. And then mm. also aren't there supposed to be like um oh what are the oh my gosh. They always have them on sets when animals are um in films to make sure that they're not mistreated. Oh, I don't know. They're oh my god, what are they called? Well, it's always like in the end credits. It's mm -hmm. like 
I don't think it's the Humane Society. I don't know. But they're so where were those people? That's a good question. I mean, the guy in the video is kind of despicable because he's laughing. The guy, whoever appears to be filming it, it may not be the guy filming it. It's hard to tell. But he's like laughing at how the dog's reacting. He's like, oh, the trainer's going to go in well, too. And Well, like also, okay, if the dog doesn't want to go in, I probably, I wouldn't push the issue. But like, then he puts the dog in the water and the dog is, I don't even know how to explain it because the water is down. It looks like a couple of feet. Oh, they put the dog's paws in the water so he knows it's warm. Yeah. I don't think that the temperature was the problem. It looks like a rushing river. Yeah. Um, the water is very like, you know, crazy. And then like that he like has the dog down and he's like still not going into the water and he's just like tense. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I feel like you should just like, nicks you know like get rid of it the stunt's not gonna work kind of thing um yeah and there there is uh well it may not look as good there is cg options for this type of stuff so it might have been a better choice so i'm not sure if any of those movies appeal to our audience if they do um and you see them feel free to let us know what you think i'm hoping to see gold i am also hoping this weekend or well it'll be this past weekend by the time you hear this but i'm hoping to have seen the founder um and uh 20th century women and maybe um live by night i didn't make it to that last weekend i i kind of i think i've lost interest in live by night the new ben affleck movie um yeah, from, why well, listening to what everybody else says listening to what everybody else says and i don't know that i was ever really that interested in it um understandable and the imdb description really kind of threw me for a loop um because i knew it was like a mob movie or whatever but in the imdb description there is a reference to the kkk Oh. And I was like, how does that fit in? And apparently it, it's it's from one of my uh, students who did see the film. Um, it's the most ridiculous part of the movie involves the KKK. So uh, he said there's it's basically a four act film, which is unusual anyways, um, according to him. Now, this is one person, but, you know, I'm going to take his word for it. he's pretty knowledgeable about movies. Um, four act film and uh, two of the acts are good and two of the acts are not. And the act with the KKK in it is not so. And again, that's not the only reason, but it was already kind of waning, and now I haven't heard much positive, and I don't know that I need to see it. So, hold on a second. Um, I didn't realize this has um Brendan Gleeson in it. He's in like everything lately. Yeah, um, he's playing uh, Ben Affleck's dad, I think. Um, whoa. And I'm I, pretty sure in Trespass Against Us, he plays Michael Fassbender's dad. Yeah, he's getting some work. Uh, old Mad Eye Moody from the Harry Potter franchise. Um, and oh, he's oh, in tons ahead. of stuff. No, 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 that's it. He's oh. in uh, Gangs of New York and um, Suffragette. Suffragette, which I don't remember what he did in Suffragette. I don't but... either. He was Inspector Arthur Steed. I think he oh, took okay. away all the ladies. Yeah, children. he did. He t- well, I think he took away the ladies too. I think he was the uh, the main police officer. But yeah, he's a great actor. Um, there, mm-hmm. there's talent in that movie for sure. I just I don't know from what I've heard. I'm just not compelled to go watch it, which. Yeah, you know, if I get to it, I will. But I, I'd rather see the founder. I really want to see 20th Century Women, which is actually playing right next door to me. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And then um, there's something. Oh, I was going to see Sleepless, the new Jamie Foxx movie. Uh, not like yeah. super excited about it, but it looks like it could be it looks like it could be good. I haven't heard any reviews, really. So I don't know if it's even worth my attention. But on a second, I'm going to go see the founder mm-hmm. Saturday before this posts. But um, I didn't know that it has Nick Offerman in uh-huh. it. Did we talk about this? I did. I think I may not have talked to you, but he's playing um, Nick Offerman and 
Um, John Michael Keaton. Oh no, sorry. Well, Michael Keaton's playing Ray Kroc. Nick Nick Offerman and the <gasps> other guy whose name I can't think of, but he's in the Zodiac and he's, John Carroll Lynch. That's it, John Carroll Lynch. They're playing the McDonald's brothers. Oh um, my God, M. Yeah. E. J. Novak, Patrick yeah. Wilson. Yeah, there's a lot of big names in this movie, and it looks it looks really entertaining and very interesting. Um, if you're not familiar, the founder is about the uh, the franchising of McDonald's that Ray Kroc uh, encourages McDonald's brothers to sell him the franchise, well, sell him the company, and then he's going to franchise it, uh, which of course happens. That's why we have McDonald's everywhere, um, and it's it's seems pretty compelling, and I like Michael Keaton quite a bit. So, same. He's always going to be Batman to me. Sorry, guys. Now, before we get into the last days in the desert, I am going to go back to the movie Split. I'm not going to talk about Split. I'm going to talk about movie etiquette. Oh, please. I feel like we should have like a whole hour segment just on this, please. <laughs> now, I- I'm going to assume our listeners are like us. And when you go to the movie theater, you're there to see the movie. And you assume that everyone else in the room with you is there to see the movie. Now, I went and saw Split last night, and uh, our li- our friend of the show, listener, and uh, so far one-time contributor of Burke Review's Big Tuna um, is there, and we, we decided to sit together. Um, and we sit down, and behind us, five obnoxious high school, maybe early college age people sit, who uh, I don't think they're there to watch the movie. Now, it's Split which is listed as a horror thriller. And I generally avoid those on opening weekend because that's usually when you get people like this at these theaters and it never failed. Um, I saw Lights Out like that, same problem. Um, the My biggest issue I've ever had in the theater was uh, One Missed Call where I actually got into a yelling match halfway through the movie because these women were narrating their opinions of the film out loud to the entire theater throughout the movie and I finally had enough. But this happens uh, during the trailer initially last night. These people are talking, and they're talking, like, obnoxiously. And they definitely have that defiant attitude where they're just, like, they know what they're doing is wrong. And they think that anyone who has anything to say about it is also wrong. You know, like, I'm doing this, and I don't care what anybody says. Kind of like that meme that's going around. I don't know if you've seen the meme with the, the... It's from a Dr. Phil interview, this girl who apparently has... Some kind of speech impediment. I don't know what's going on with her, but she's like, you want to go outside? Like, it's this whole take it outside type thing that that's this girl's attitude behind us. Um, you know, like at some point you hear this like slurping sound and she says, I almost did a spit take. Next time I'm just going to let it go, which of course would have gone all over me had she actually done a spit take because I'm what sitting a uh, spit take is a classic movie thing where you take a sip of a drink and someone says something shocking and then you spit it all out you know in a very dramatic fashion mm. yeah so we're we're already kind of uh, frustrated and they're talking during the trailers which I care about but not enough to say anything during the trailer like I'm hoping with anticipation that this will subside as the movie gets going and um Big Tuna is the hero of the story because he goes and complains pretty quick. Um, and the manager walks around, doesn't say anything to them just yet, but she walks around. She makes herself known that she's in there. Um, movie starts, people still talking. Big Tuna gets up and goes and complains again. Um, and when he's gone, I hear these little buttholes behind me who know that he's with me 
talk crap about him. And it's taking everything in me not to turn around. And I, like, I feel bad. Like, in, my inside says I should turn around and say something to these little punks. But I know that they're not going to just let me say it and then stop talking. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I say but something. Sometimes people don't ever, most people don't have enough guts to say something to them. So mm-hmm. sometimes they're taken aback and they don't know what to say. Well, I, I have from experience, I get a little aggressive. Um, like, I don't have a good middle tone. Like, I can be nice, but nice doesn't seem like the right thing. Like, it seems like I'm showing vulnerability. Um, mm-hmm. But I end up getting aggressive, and my aggressive is, is verges on scary. And so people react badly to me doing that. I, I've learned, and I don't want to ever get arrested, you know, because I'm a teacher. And so I can't afford that. So a dad and a husband. Yeah, I, I have a lot of reasons, a lot of stuff to lose, basically. And I'm not willing to lose any of it. So I'm not going to... Not gonna put myself in a position where I would have to maybe be in a fight. Cause you know, I know I won't hit them, but I don't know if they'll try to hit me. And then you know, I don't need that. I don't need that whole thing to happen. So I'm just sitting there, you know, suffering silently that these people are obnoxious. He comes back. Um, they're quiet for a few minutes. They start up again, and as soon as they start talking, I hear the manager. Listen, you guys, we've had several complaints. And I found out later that there actually was other people. When he went to tell the second time that the, the manager, someone else was already out there complaining about them because they were that loud. It wasn't just us who could hear them. The people in front of us kept looking back at them. And then someone else, I guess, on their right side also got up and complained because they were obnoxious. Now, the manager said that they were quiet the rest of the movie. But people, public service announcement. Let's be respectful. If you want to talk to your friends, I have no problem with that. If you do it, somewhere else don't come to the movie and do it yeah you don't have to buy a movie ticket i'm not complaining about movie prices because i love to go to the movies and that is something i definitely do not mind spending my money on and it's probably one of the few things that i'm not like i don't know sometimes when i buy things i'm like oh well it took me this many hours to make the money that i you know what i mean yeah that i to to buy this is it worth that much of my life to me and that might be dumb to some people but I was working retail for a really long time, so sometimes that money was really hard-earned. But um, that's like when I went to see Silence. It's just like, shut your mouth. I I promise you that nothing com- coming out of your mouth is interesting at all. And what you're telling me I'm seeing on the screen, I'm seeing it anyways. Yeah. But when we went to see Silence, there were two older women in there. <laughs> First of all, they're talking back and forth. I'm getting pissed. And then... One of them, their phone goes off, loud mm. as hell. She turns it off. It gets bright because she opens the screen. And then something happen- pivotal like happens in the movie. And then her friend goes, I just hate this movie. Well, congratulations. Oh, wow. Did you think that it was like, did you even watch the trailer? Did you know what you're going to see? Do you know what this movie is about? Like, Man. And then it's like. Shut up. Um, that that actually was one of the things that set Big Tune off was uh, the girl. One of the five people got a phone call, answered the phone call, and then spoke on the phone for five minutes, like trying to convince the other person on the phone that they had to get off the phone. I'm like, look, st- well, step outside if you have to answer. Like, it, I'm assuming they're high school kids, so assume it's their parent. Get up, walk your butt outside, and answer the phone call, and then come back in. Like, there is no excuse for that behavior period and so we will end on this and we're sorry if you disagree but 
you're wrong if you disagree. I'm not sorry um, yeah. if you disagree. You're a horrible person and you should just wait to rent that stuff from yeah. Redbox. If, if you like to do that, if that's the type of thing, and I, we're not talking about like a person who's maybe, a, I, I don't appreciate when a, an older couple comes and the, one of them needs to tell the other one what's going on for whatever reason. Maybe they have a hearing aid or maybe they're just a little off or whatever. I don't hate that. I don't like it, but I don't hate it because I get it. I don't know that I'll ever stop going to the movies. Like even if I'm in that condition, it, it would be hard for me to stop. That's the one thing I've done my whole life that I still want to keep doing. But anything else, it's unexcusable. Please be respectful. Be courteous. That's all I'm asking for. Courtesy. You know, I don't like every movie I go to, but I don't make it seen for other people who might enjoy it in the movie. After the movie, I'm going to write a scathing review and that's where I make my scene. I don't do it during the film and I don't if you don't want to see the movie, then don't pay the money to see the movie. Wait, like Corey said, until it's on, you know, video on demand, bootleg it. Whatever you got to do to not be in the theater, that's what you should do. All right. Let's get into Last Days of the Desert. Something that I think we should start doing, uh, if you've not seen the movie, spoiler warning, because we are going to spoil this movie. Um, But... Uh, that is kind of the premise of the movie review, uh, the movie club is that we watch a movie. To, we all should be watching this movie, and we're now hearing about said movie. Um, Last Days in the Desert is a 2015 film. Uh, imagine an imagined chapter from Jesus's 40 days of fasting and praying in the desert. On his way out of the wilderness, Jesus struggles with the devil over the fate of a family in crisis. This is uh, the IMDb plot summary. Um. And the movie is directed by and written by uh, Rodrigo Garcia. Stars Ewan McGregor, uh, Syrian Hines, Ty Sheridan, and Ailette Zur. And that is everybody. That's the whole cast because it's predominantly Ewan McGregor. So, Corey and I rented this movie. And uh, let's just get into it. Corey, I'm going to let you start. What do you think about Last Days of the Desert? Okay, so sometimes... I'm like, why did I rent something? I should have just gone ahead and bought it. But I'm going to just say that I'm so glad that that choice was not made. I don't know how far you want me to go with this. And I've also learned from listening to our podcast that I laugh all the time and I sound like a creep. So (laughs) (laughs) I apologize. And sometimes when you mic are going, I'm like laughing in the background. I'm just dying. So I'm trying to get better at muting my mic, guys. But anyways... Um, so, okay, Ewan McGregor, I love him, and it was interesting seeing him play Jesus, who is kind of quiet, kind of humble, blah, 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 and then he's playing the devil, and he's got, like, this, he's, like, cocky, he's, like, you know, he's kind of got, like, a swagger about him, um, but there was... Okay, and then the expansive shots in the desert were beautiful. There are quite a few of them. I know that they they did a good job with, you know, showing that he is lonely and he's out there by himself and he's, like, on this journey. And then he meets this family. And at first he just wants water and then he leaves. But then the movie would have been over. So he comes back. Um I I'm gonna let you talk for a little bit. All right. 
Well, before we, I'm going to get into a little more technical thing. Uh, the movie is um, beautiful. Uh, it's shot yes. in a, a desert landscape. I actually, I haven't done any research on the, the filming of it. Um, but I do want to bring up uh, probably the best cinematographer in the industry. Uh, Emmanuel Lubeski is the director of photography for this film, um, who is uh, the first cinematographer to win three years in a row for the Oscar for Best Cinematography. Um, he won several years ago for Children of Men. Um, then he won for Gravity, uh, Birdman, or the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, and then The Revenant last year. Um, and so it's in great hands. However, he doesn't have a whole lot to do at the same time. Um, there's no real need for innovative shots. Uh, it's a lot of sitting, a lot of contemplating. Um, I gotta say, I think the, the, the silliest and probably funniest part that I've used as a story twice this week was... Oh God. Um, there's a fart joke in a Jesus movie. It was movie. so stupid. A fart joke in a Jesus movie. Um, it, it's, it's, okay. Now, I've, I did do some, uh, outside research. Um, let me see if I can get the name of the person. I watched a YouTube video, which, with a bishop, uh, discussing this film. Um. What? Yes, uh, because. Sorry, I didn't any research it's a it's a religious film so um there's a lot of people uh when i did a youtube search to see what other people thought of this film because i honestly i don't have a whole lot to say about it um i didn't hate it i didn't love it i wasn't particularly moved by it um i didn't really see the point um in the film like it's it's well acted I really thought Ewan McGregor is great, especially when he's on screen at the same time like as yeah. two different people. Um, I thought the interactions were interesting. Uh, to be fair, Corey referred to him as Satan. They don't they don't say it's Satan. It's definitely Satan. Yeah. Hold uh, on, and he—I think that he's credited as the devil, or at least it says, or the demon. It, it says demon. Um, and on IMDb okay. it doesn't say. Uh, but it, I do. Th I do think I read it says demon. Um, That's what my subtitle said. And then, uh, oh, what was that? Um. So the Bishop Baron uh, on YouTube was discussing Last Days in the Desert, and he brought up things that maybe are out of my realm because, um, well, I'm not going to bring up my religious beliefs. Um, I am definitely not knowledgeable about all things religion. I do know a lot about religion, but not everything. And um, I do know, like, most people are aware that Jesus is the Father, uh, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, um, that Jesus is God in essence. Um, now... The bishop explains that he is um, both fully divine and fully human at the same time. So a duality idea that's beyond. He's not half and half. He's fully divine and fully human. This movie only looks at the human side of Jesus. Um, it doesn't say he's not divine, but it definitely doesn't dive into that whatsoever. It is strictly him as a human and his compassion for other humans and his love of humanity um, is what this film is showcasing. And when he said that, it made a little more sense um, to why the story is so small, because it's very tiny. Uh, as he's leaving the desert, he comes across his family. Um, Syrian Hines, uh, who is also in silence, uh, not very long, but he is the, the, the father that um, Adam Driver and uh, Andrew Garfield Ooh. begged to go to Japan. Um, yeah. That's him. And then he's also going to be the villain in the 2017 Justice League movie, um, Steppenwolf. It was also in, oh, no, sorry, mm -hmm. wrong movie. 
but I recognized him and I couldn't remember why. Uh, he's also in Game of Thrones. Um, oh, yes. So that I don't know. Oh, don't recall who Mance he is. Raider. I don't know who okay. that is. <laughs> I'm. Okay. It's been a while since I've watched Game of Thrones. Um, and then you have Ty Sheridan who's in Mud. Oh, I did not realize who who he was in Mud until just now. But um, he's Cyclops in the X Men Apocalypse, which was not great. And he's in the Tree of Life. Um, so, you know, he sees his family. It's a father, son, and mother. The mother's dying of something they never really say what. Um, I kept waiting for Miracle Jesus to pop up, you know, and, like, cure her. But that doesn't happen. Uh, um, they he, even gave him water. Yeah. Uh, they gave him water. He refuses food because he's still fasting, um, which the mother laughs because she can't eat. So whatever illness she has, she's unable to eat for some reason. Um, they're living in the desert. The father, it feels like the father's making them live in the desert out of maybe like a, a penance for his failures or something. Um, I don't know. It, it, it didn't work for me. And I like conversation movies. This is definitely a talking film. There's not anything else. Um, any action they're doing is just to facilitate the conversation. Like they're building a house kind of, I guess. Um, he's chiseling stone. They're gathering water. They're looking at a dead coyote, and they fart. And I was wondering. Okay, so I'm gonna hop in here. First of all, can you tell me the significance of the coyote? Because he also is having dreams throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. He had two or three, and he. I can't remember if he had the dream of the coyotes first, or he saw the dead coyote first. But I wasn't realizing the significance of the dead coyote. Um. Yeah, it's definitely an, it's a it's something you're gonna have to uh, infer. Um, I don't. I feel like I had an idea when I was watching it, um, because the whole thing seems to be about um, a relationship between father and son. Um, he is in the desert trying to con- con- you know feel closer to God, and when we first meet you and McGregor's Jesus, um, he says, "I think Father, are you there, or can you hear me?" Um, which we get no response. And um, Satan is constantly reminding him that he's, he's he says something like, you're not his only son. And he says, yes, I am. I'm his one and only son. There's this definite struggle of him trying to remain faithful to his father despite the the questions, which is a, a, a theme I feel is, is echoed in silence as well. Yeah, um, definitely. And... Then you, you he meets this father and son, and he's trying to fix them. He's trying to help repair uh, a gap in their relationship, um, which is ultimately communication. So there's that parallel there. Um, it, it's it's not very subtle, I don't think, with the messages. It's it's very much this is what the story is, and Satan essentially makes a wager, which Jesus later denies making a wager because that would be a sin. Um, to that uh, if Jesus is able to unravel the knot, which I think is the words used by Satan in the movie, um, of this family and essentially fix them, that he'll leave him alone and he won't uh, obstruct his way back to Jerusalem, which implies that he was keeping him in the desert, um, that he'd been sending him on the wrong direction at times. Um, And then, uh, and if he fails, if Jesus fails... That's it. That's just he fails. That's enough punishment. I think he says in and of itself. Yeah. Um, and so Jesus uh, stays to try to help this family. Um, he learns about the boy. He learns about the father. They're very, you know, 
normal conversations, uh, a little bit prying at times, I thought, from Jesus's perspective, where like I felt like the father would have gotten aggressive with him, um, but he doesn't. Um, he never seems to take it out on, quote unquote, the holy man, which is what the father refers to him as throughout the film. Um, so the coyote, I, I definitely think is supposed to be symbolic. I can't remember what they're talking about before he goes and looks at the coyote. Well, I can't remember either, and I just remember they were going down um, to get the water. Yeah, they and... were there to get the water, and they took a break. Um... Because, to me, it looks like the river might have was probably much deeper mm. and more wide at some well, point. It's it's trying... barely a, a, a puddle stream at that point, right? Like there it doesn't yeah. even cover their feet. Um I no. They don't show how they fill the water jugs and I am very curious oh, as to how they fill the they... water jugs. I thought that they were digging holes they... in the sand. I think they did. But I don't And then it's like running. Yeah. I just I still I don't think they show it actually going in the jug. And that was just like I mean I'm sure that's what they did. Uh it just felt like they showed the empty jugs and then they showed them carrying these heavy jugs. I don't know. And then the kid sings a song, right? Like he screams um something about the father. I'm a good I'm a good son. Uh I think he says I'm a good son even if I don't obey or something like that. Like the kid just starts shouting it and like like pretending to fly. Like Yeah. I don't know. Um um, because I think, you know, obviously this kid doesn't want to be in the desert. He wants to go. What does he want to be? Um, Not a carpenter. No, he doesn't want to be a carpenter. I don't remember. I know he wants to go to Jerusalem and leave his mark on the world. I know that's like verbatim. Yes. I don't remember what. I don't know that he even has a plan. I think that might just be his like, I want to find and they, something. And then they don't have money to pay for him to be an apprentice. Yes. I. Okay, so there was just two, and by too many, I mean there were like three things that were just so way not even, they were just too out there for mm -hmm. me to stay engrossed in the movie. Not that it was very engrossing anyways, but not only the fart thing, because that came out of nowhere, and I really don't know what the point of that was, to be honest. I didn't feel like it was necessary. Um, it did show it, his humanity again, because he laughed at a fart. But but there have already been things that have shown his humanity. Why yeah. did You know what I mean, though? Oh, I'm it not just saying it's necessary, but yeah. Um, I was, I was also, really shocked. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was just really shocked when a fart joke I, happened. I was like, what? I was <laughs> like, what just happened? Is this real? And then another part where he's, like, struggling with the demon. Mm -hmm. And it seemed so out of place, verbiage, everything. Mm. He's like, oh, that's just daddy talk. And I'm like, what? Oh, it was just, that was, did that? he was basically saying he was being preachy like God. Because remember, if it's the devil, um, which is, again, they never straight say he is the devil, but... And also, there's a, a debate of whether he's actually talking to the devil or if it's, like, more metaphorical, like, the struggle of good and evil with inside ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. Because no one else can see the devil. Only he sees the devil. Um, and even for us, like, we'll see the devil sitting farther back, like, uh, in the distance in the background. Um, like, a shot might pan, and then he'll just be there for a second, and then he's off frame again. 
Um, that happens a few times, and then he'll come up closer and he'll talk. Um, he also appears to disguise himself a couple of times, like he tempts him as the, I, the wife. Um, oh, and at the beginning, as the woman who wants water. Oh yes, that's right. The and he gives her water, I think, and then she starts laughing or whatever. And I think that she shows him her tail or something. You see a tail uh, retract back in. Yeah, it was kind of creepy, actually. Well, um, it makes me think of a serpent, clearly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. And um, the one you brought up, the coyote nightmare, there was a, a part where a, like a cockroach crawled onto his arm, like Jesus' arm Ew! in the tent. And it like, crawled up, right? Onto his, his face. It crawled all the way up <laughs> to his face. And I'm just, like, he's just letting it. And I couldn't figure out why he was letting it. Like, that was the part, like, I'm like, okay, is he going to kill it? No? Okay, well, he's Jesus, so he wouldn't kill things. But then he looks uncomfortable. Like, had he looked, like, okay with it? Like, like, okay, he's just, like, he loves everything. It doesn't matter. But he looks very unhappy that it's on him. And it's definitely supposed to represent some type of evil, um, you know, maybe lurking around him or something. Because later there's another shot, a different night, where there's, like, now three cockroaches. But they that it ends, it just shows them, and then they're gone. Um mm-hmm. I don't know. There's definitely some symbolism in the film that maybe I didn't care enough to pick up on, or maybe I didn't get the references. And it could even be uh, biblical verses or something that it's referring to that I don't know um, well enough to get. Uh, I, I don't know. I I think we're both ready to jump into our our critique and end this because we're kind of stuttering with things that we didn't like. And um, I I would say it's not a total waste of time of on our on our scale. Um, as oh my god. Me too. Uh, Ewan McGregor's performance is worth watching. Um, unfortunately, it's I think it's a two-hour movie, or is it? No, it's not even. It's an hour no. and forty, hour and thirty-eight minutes. It feels like a two-hour movie. There's a it lot feels of really long, a lot of just long, lingering shots of people walking, um, people laying, people sleeping for no apparent reason. I don't really know. Like Corey brought up the nightmares that they have. I don't really see the point of that. Um, the ending isn't very satisfying. Um, I don't really even remember how it ends. I just know that they walk away from the house. Um, yeah, it, it didn't do anything for me. It's, it's a, if you really like Ewan McGregor and you like to be like, if you're a completionist, then you need to check this out. Otherwise you can skip it. Um, if you're super religious, I don't think this is going to help you in any way. I don't think you're going to find it. It's probably not the Jesus you want depicted. It's definitely not the passion of the Christ type of Jesus movie. Um, it's a very introspective, this, most likely Rodrigo's kind of wanting to toy around with the concept of what was Jesus's life like while in the desert. Um, especially when he decided to come back uh, to Jerusalem. Um, yeah, that's, that's it for our review. Um, both Corey and I give it the, not a total waste of time. If you're not familiar with our rating system, you can check out burkreviews.com, but essentially it's two out of five stars. Um, and with not, not as always time, we say there's at least one redeeming quality, but the rest of the movie, not so much. And that's how we felt. Um, now our worst rating is avoid like the plague. So at least, Hey, we're not saying that, uh, I have given that to mm-hmm. at least one or two. Yep. I've given it to a few, but, uh, not this one. Um, again, it's got great cinematography, beautiful landscapes. It's just, I could definitely have done with that. And again, we watched these, we both watched this on Monday. Oh, well, I watched it on Monday. She watched it on Tuesday and I barely remember the movie and that's not my style. I'm usually very good with what I saw. Um, I know you always impress me and I'm like, what? Yeah, this one just it just I don't think there was much to remember. And so that's, again, kind of the point of view. Now, I'm sure someone else might watch this. Maybe they're moved. It didn't do it for me. So um, next week we're going to be watching Blue Valentine. Um, The reason 
well, I found out it existed. I never heard of it before, but <gasps> when I found out that it's Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams, I knew we had to watch it. <sighs> so, but I've had that in my queue when mm-hmm. it when it was on Netflix. I had it in there for a really long time, but I just know I'm probably gonna cry. I'm gonna be sad. Oh, I'm sure. But hey, that's good. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing this movie. Hopefully, it is entertaining. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about it. Um, if you watch Blue Valentine, please email us your thoughts on it. Comment on the website. Uh, tweet at us or find us on Facebook, uh, BurkeReviews.com. Um, we watch movies. We review them. We we have another podcast, Top 5 Movies, uh, where Corey, myself, and uh, our other writer and friend, Michael Sanchez, um, we have a Top 5 list. We discuss it. And uh, we make our list in private. We share them on the podcast for the first time. And we make fun of each other or argue about our list choices. Um, last week, we did our top performances from 2016. So that podcast is out now. Feel free to check it out. It is a weekly podcast. It comes out on Thursdays. Um, this podcast, as you probably have re- figured out, comes out on Mondays. Uh, check back with us next week for Blue Valentine. Uh, Corey, thanks for giving up your night. And uh, Thank you. I'll see you next week. Okay, bye guys. Peace. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. <laughs> <laughs>